In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Smooth My Balls. Are you sick of snagging your nuts or cutting yourself with a generic Bic razor or generic clipper? Well, now you don't have to worry. Smooth My Balls offers a five-star below-the-belt care for men, starting with the Turf Chopper 3.0, the next-level razor that provides a very smooth and clean finish with no cuts on your sack. And coming in for the closer, you got the Pube Muncher 1.0, a compact mini vac that cleans up the job with no hair left behind. Head over to smoothmyballs.com today and use code league at checkout for 15% off your top of the line men's grooming kit. Again, that's league L E A G U E for 15% off smooth. My balls shave like a pro. Rep Sports. Rep Sports is a leading supplements and nutrition company that provides everything from pre-workout and protein to recovery supplements. If you're looking for a healthy pick-me-up, Rep also offers Raise Energy, a zero-sugar drink that helps with workout, with workout and recovery uh, mental focus as well. Head over to repsports.com today and use code LEAGUE for 15% off your order. That's L-E-A-G-U-E for 15% off. Golf kicks. Tired of wearing the same old pair of boring golf shoes? Not the most comfortable? Now you don't have to worry. Customize all types of shoes from Crocs to flip-flops, sneakers to boat shoes, and wear them in style while you rip it up on the course. Head over to golfkicks.com and use code OWN20 at checkout to get a 20% discount on your order. That's O-W-N-20. Screw your shoes. Dreamer loot. Want to rep the best up-and-coming sports podcast? Of course you do. Head over to streamerloot.co today and check out our first line of, of merch. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers. Again, that is streamerloot.co to check out our merch. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. Kevin Durant drops 49 in historical playoff game, and the U.S. Open kicks off tomorrow at Torrey Pines. There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. All right, again, everybody, welcome. It is Wednesday. Um couple things to dive into the NFL. One thing that I'll just dive right into what we were talking about off the air just a couple minutes ago is Derek Carr said that he basically wants to be a Raider for life, says he has no plans to ever play anywhere else or never ever really wants to be traded. So I guess kind of the question around that is, do the Raiders grant him his wish or do they eventually move on from him if they keep looking from the outside in on the playoffs like they have been the past couple of years? Well, it's interesting to see which way John Gruden goes because John Gruden seems to love Derek Carr as a, as a quarterback and as a person. Um, I think this is year four of his 10-year ten, ten deal, so and he hasn't really done anything spectacular besides basically just get rid of the whole entire offensive line this last season. So maybe that's a start, and he, he starts with that, and then obviously if things don't get better, then maybe he looks at the quarterback position next. I mean – who really knows, but as an organization on the outside looking in, you'd love to have a guy say that about being there, like especially when he has been your starter and he's not a bad quarterback. 
So, I mean, him wanting to be there, I mean, that's what you want in your player that is in the building being number one. Like, unlike what we got here in Green Bay is you just, you don't know anything and you'd rather have Rodgers be like, I, I'd rather be a Packer or I'd rather die, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, interesting to see what happens here. I mean, he's he's kind of that perfect fit for Vegas. I really don't know who who they would try to go get. Maybe Deshaun Watson, they try to, I don't know what happens. Um, yeah, there's going to be some vacancies coming up here as quarterbacks are going to, like, this is Ben Roethlisberger's last year, so that's going to be an open position. Uh, the Washington job seems like that's going to be open for competition. Same with Denver for a while. Um, Miami, Carolina, potentially. Carolina Panthers. Like, there's a handful of places that could use a quarterback. He is a veteran. Um, maybe he takes on the role of, of like, Fitzmagic uh, towards the end here on the back nine. Yeah, I mean, he's he's basically as average as you can get for a quarterback. He doesn't do anything fantastic but he doesn't like rarely do you see him completely fall apart and have like multi-interception games he's just the epitome of the average quarterback in the nfl so i mean he's at it's at that point where average doesn't cut it anymore if you want to make the playoffs you can be an average team be at 500 or just above 500 every year if you want cool you have winning seasons but you never make the playoffs that's kind of the boat the Raiders have been in for a really long time. Um, and you like before Gruden, they're even worse, but now that he stepped in, they kind of got him moving back in the right direction. And obviously the move to Vegas seems like it's helped him too. But I mean, yeah, it's obviously good to have your QB one say he wants to be a, on that team for life. Um, but again, if the Raider, like if the Raiders are just okay with mediocrity and, are okay with missing on the playoff, missing on the playoffs and not really putting together a deep run year after year. I mean, I guess they ride it out with him until he retires or decides he wants out or whatever it might happen. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Gruden does. If he, I mean, he's a, he's a gritty guy to where if he sees something wrong with the team, he doesn't think twice you're out kind of person. So just like you said, with the whole offensive line, he saw what was going on with them and just the lack of protection and all that. And boom, he caught all of them. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. That's very interesting. Just like this next point that I'm going to bring up here. Um, the NFL is starting to crack down a little bit more on the vaccination policies for pretty much it's a full go if you do have the vaccine where um ron rivera was quoted saying that or excuse me mike zimmer was quoted saying that the players who are unvaccinated face tough times this season um just jumping right over sam darnold is the big headline right now of one of the guys who has refused um to get the vaccine and just kind of roughly like when I read the article earlier, it mentioned in America, just in America, roughly 42% have are fully vaccinated in like 50% roughly have one shot. Where in the NFL right now, uh, there's a guess that it's like 42% are, it's like the same thing. It's a microcosm of our country. Every, every business, every workplace, everything is a microcosm of, of the country. And 
it's just interesting to see if there's any leeway that kind of happens with if the numbers don't get worse, like, because you're seeing people who have been vaccinated now, like, once we get there, Chris Paul, once we get there uh, later, he's now the second athlete who's now been fully vaccinated and has gotten the virus. So does that, does getting fully vaccinated and you, I'm good, that type of thing, and you're able to do whatever you want. I mean, is that health privacy stuff like that like can you ask someone if they you know like can you just and not even have gotten the shot and just say that you got it and mm-hmm. i mean there's so many this it's really interesting what's going to happen here because it seems like the nfl is making the biggest stink out of all of this stuff yeah well that's the thing too is people who have gotten vaccinated still can contract it and have it it just they don't really get symptoms and like it's supposed to be 10 times better for them um if if they end up getting it or whatever so but at the same time if everybody gets the vaccine and then people can still get it it's never going to go away so what's the point of the vaccine then (laughs) if you could still get it and give it to other people who haven't got it because like for instance like for instance i don't like i haven't got it yet um and then some like my wife has it so she gets it and then gives it to me like, what's the point of her getting vaccinated then? Or like, I don't know, like, it's just gonna, it's gonna be interesting that they're cracking down on basically having all these protocol in place for players who don't have it, and basically lifting all of them for players who do have it, where I'm gonna, I feel like there's gonna be a huge uproar of cases from all the players who have the vaccine, because they all can be in close proximity using all the same stuff, because they don't need to worry but yet they're still going to contract it and have it. And then they're going to, Oh, you got to be out a week. Then what's the point of getting the vaccine? If you're going to be out. Yeah. That's what I thought with this whole thing too. It's like, why are they enforcing getting the vaccine so hard when you still have a positive test, you're still getting withdrawn, withdrawn from events or having to miss time just doesn't make sense. Uh, So usually when something doesn't make sense, somebody's getting rich. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess we'll see what happens. Like, obviously, getting past that fifty percent mark is a good start to kind of. But if I, they can still pass it on, I mean, what does yeah. that number really mean? Nothing. Yeah. Well, that's a that's the thing is everybody like, like, the vaccine comes out, everybody takes a big sigh of relief, and it's like, oh, it's going away. Oh, we hit fifty percent. Oh, it's going away even more. It's not though. Like, it, what's like? I, that's why I've been hesitant, like this whole first wave of vaccines, everybody get your vaccine, get your vaccine. I'm like, I'll fucking wait six months to a year. So wait for them to fine tune it. And then I'll go and get one that's 100% effective that I'm not going to contract it. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. And it's just gone. Like I'll wait for that point. I don't know. And she doesn't want to wait. Cause like some States are giving away guns, cars, joints, you name it go get the vaccine. We'll mm-hmm. give you shit because they're trying to just get looking at like looking around since I've moved, looking around for job searching, $500 signing bonus, thousand dollars signing bonus. If you're vaccinated. vaccinated, like it's like, it's just weird how it's just such a money grab to like go out and get the vaccine. Well, it's just like, it's not a money grab to where you have to pay for it. But like you said, somebody's getting rich. The more these vaccines are getting distributed and that's all it is right now. If they're not mm-hmm. effective enough to, stop people from getting it 
And then all those companies that probably have the $500 bonus, if you have the vaccine, probably are getting a kickback from all the money being made from oh, the vaccine. Yeah. They're not just giving away that money unless they're benefiting from it in some way. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess, once the season comes, if they can fine tune stuff better and whatever. But a um, couple more names to throw out there that's been kind of interesting this offseason is uh, all, Dolphins all pro cornerback Xavier Howard is holding out for mandatory mini camp, uh, looking for a contract negotiation, along with Seahawks safety Jamal Adams. So those two both joined Stefan Gilmore, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, kind of holding out, looking to get either traded slash a better contract. Um, so it's kind of just snowballing to where you see all these big name players trying to get leverage in some on some of these teams and some of these deals. Again, it is early. These are mandatory mini camps and the teams are probably waiving the fines that these players are supposed to get because otherwise if they do administer them, the player would probably say, well, I want out then. So, but yeah, um, it's, it, it seems like every day there's more players that are kind of getting added to this list of not showing up to camps and trying to get new contracts and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool to see Rogers kind of that got the ball rolling with us a couple months ago. And now you're seeing a lot more players get on board as well. Yeah. And I know the Jamal Adams things that I know that he was looking for a new contract, but Pete Carroll came out and said that this, there was no disgruntled relationship between the team that this, they excused him. Uh, for family matter that he was excited to be to camp and excited to work and excited to get a new deal done and everything, but something happened with the family so that some sort of, he said that it was just a family issue is all he said uh, to the media yesterday. So the, he's, they said that they've been working all off season, getting closer and closer to a deal. So I, I'd imagine that's going to get wrapped up sometime shortly as they don't want to see him go. And they traded basically <laughs> their whole future for four years to get them so yeah that's uh that's something that they can't let go there and then yeah one thing that i did hear um about the rogers thing that you're talking about that as far as like getting the ball rolling some nfl exec was quoted in an article stating how they hope that rogers doesn't get his way in this situation because then the nfl will turn into the nba and it'll be a player run league instead of an owner run league and it was interesting to think about that um, being in the NFC. Obviously you hope that Rogers gets dealt out of the NFC. And then if you're in the AFC, obviously you're hoping that they reach a deal or he comes to your team. Um, you don't want to see a guy like that, you know, not get a contract and not be playing. And, you know, like you'd rather just have to face him in the Super Bowl if you're going to play him again, you know, that type of thing. So it's really getting interesting. I know people also made a big deal how he was wearing an I'm Offended shirt on that interview thing. He, that's just one of his favorite YouTube stars. Uh, he wears a shirt like that all the time. So he was just showing support for one of his YouTube fans. I don't think it really was a play at anything. Um, but, yeah, every day that goes by. Still, yet again, the clock is leaning more towards an exit than an entrance, but we will see. Don't really want to talk too much about that because it gets annoying talking about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the last po uh, thing to talk about that 
I guess, just kind of thinking about the new NFL season coming up again, adding the 17th game. Do you think we're going to see some of these NFL records broken right in this first year? Um, one that kind of sticks out to me that I could possibly see getting broken is a single season passing yards record, which Peyton Man- Banning currently holds. It's 5,477 yards, which he has from 2013. Um, I didn't realize he was that close. It's only one yard more than Drew Brees. He's literally 5,476, so one yard behind him. Um, I guess two quarterbacks that um, have surpassed the 5,000 mark. Well, there's three of them that have, but one of them is probably not going to get there is Mahomes, uh, Winston, and then Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger is probably not going to come close to that mark ever again. And then, but Mahomes and Winston are definitely two quarterbacks that are set up on an offense to where that could happen, especially with that extra game of the season to where you surpass the 5,000 mark week 17 going into week 18, you need a 400, 500 yard game passing. And you're there, if not less than that, depending on how your season goes. So that was just one that kind of jumped out at me as seeing that could be possibly broken year one of this extra game being added. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I know, you know, rushing yards, receiving yards, those are also other ones right there. Fumbles, interceptions, all that stuff, touchdowns, all those are records that look that could be, you know, those could be taken down just for the sheer numbers part. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they – is it going to be a new, you know, are they going to do a new record book or is it? are are they keeping it all the same? That's up, you know, that's up to the NFL. What they? I feel like it's all going to stay the same. It's just going to probably have an asterisk next to it indicating 17 game season. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that it's, I mean, it's equally as impressive. Yes, you are the, you do have the advantage playing and starting next year with the extra game, but still, I don't think it should be a whole new record book because then because they're looking at adding an 18th game by 2025. And just with how much professional sports is changing, being becoming more safe, becoming more entertaining, putting more games on the screen for people to watch, you're going to have to start new record books every other year if they're, if they're going to do it that way. So I think that they just keep it all one record book and just put that asterisk next to it or indicate in some way, shape or form that, all right, this is, this is what like the, the number two spot is was a 16 game season. Number one is higher, but it is a 17 game season. Well, looking back on it, reading, I just did some quick research here while you're talking. Looks like almost every single one of the records, single season records from the 14 game era has been erased pretty much by the 16 game era, except for two. So I think those records are gone. I think they're just going to fall. Yeah, I guess it's cool, but also that's unfortunate for like Venetary. I feel like all time leader in points. And now you have guys with an extra game to get to catch them. Like, I feel like that's like the top feat of like special teams. 
But there's so much turnover with kickers nowadays in the NFL to where if you have one bad year, that's it's, why it's, it's so impressive. Yeah. It was even like that back then, you shaked some kicks, you're gone. And he's yeah. just a legend of the game. Who, yeah. The I mean, I could here. see that, so many clutch kicks. That's when I could see maybe like five, it's 10, like 20 years down the road getting broken because Crosby is the closest and he's like, Eight nine hundred points behind still or something. He'd have to and still now with play. an extra game though. You know, if you're getting four or five kicks, if you're making four field goals plus your team scores four touchdowns, you know what I mean. That's four. That's sixteen points right there. Yeah, just one week. You know, and you do that for seventeen weeks. Obviously, that's not going to average that way, but summer, you can get a lot of fucking points and like, yeah, especially for kickers now too. If he just stays healthy, he could surpass. He could surpass that, you know, mm-hmm. as long as he can still kick the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a long ways to go. But yeah, that extra game is gonna help him close that gap faster for sure. But I don't know. I could see him holding it for at least a couple more years because I think Crosby's got to play four or five more years to catch that mark. I don't know how many points he averages a year, but it seems like it'd have to be at least a hundred to 200 points a year. Maybe less than that even. So What's hold on a second? I just just am looking at last year just to see roughly what it was quick here. For how many points that Crosby had? He had 107 points last year. Okay. Yeah, and I think he was just short of a thousand points away from breaking his record. So by that mark, it'd take him nine years plus the extra game. So let's say seven years six, seven years if he equals or surpasses that mark. But, yeah, I mean, one that's going to be tough is the rushing mark. I mean, Derrick Henry was close to it, but also look at the year he had to have just to even come within a, a, a couple hundred yards of beating that mark. So he'd basically have to equal what he did last year and then match – a 100 150 yard game to be to come close to beating that rushing record so that's going to be a tough one i mean derrick henry is right on the edge of it so he's probably going to be the one to do it if somebody does do it soon nobody else is really a run first offense right now maybe christian mccaffrey as well in carolina but if they're trying to rejuvenate sam darnold there i don't know if McCaffrey's going to get as many that enough rushes to come close to that mark unless Darnold's having a shitty year. So, yeah. I mean, do you think that he can do it again? Is the question. Um, he's a big guy. That's a lot of wear and tear that he took last year. Mm-hmm. Depends how good, you know, how well he takes care of himself and hope that he doesn't get injured because one knee injury for a big boy like that, that could be the, that could be the end. Yeah. Um, Plus the acquisition of Julio, that's going to take 
some touches some out of his hands. yeah so even though Julio came in and said he's not a stats guy he's a team guy he's still gonna get looks like yeah when you bring in a guy like that you're getting everybody's getting less touches no matter what whether you're running yeah. back or another receiver you're getting less touches he'll probably get between three to 15 probably touches looks a game Because if they don't need to throw the ball to him, if they can just hand it off, why would you throw it? Yeah, exactly. Like with the Patriots, like, I think that they're going to be a huge heavy run team this season and only throw it when they have to. Like, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be maybe history stats of how little a team has thrown the ball ever. I feel like they're just going to try to go back old school because everything's – it's always a carousel, you know. There's mm-hmm. – New school, old school, new school, old school. I, I feel like this is the first, this is going to be the first trend going back to the running game where it's mm-hmm. been pass, 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 pass the last. We're looking at two when Newton was in Carolina, that was a very run heavy team. And with the, with the run they had, um, then again, kind of a, a similar offense to where he's got a couple stud running backs James White, Sony Michelle, and then obviously Newton can run the ball himself. A rejuvenate, rejuvenated offensive line, some star tight ends that they went on and got. And so they're they setting the superstar defense. Sorry to cut you off. That I feel like that team had that superstar defense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's the thing when too. Josh Norman was still there. Julius Peppers was in his prime. Luke Keekley was in his pr- like. They were stacked. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, yeah, and then with the Pats defense too. If they're holding teams to lower points, Pat's going to get a couple touchdowns. You're not going to throw the ball. You're going to run it so you can kill the clock and go home. So that's a big thing, too. Yeah, it's interesting if Gilmore is going to be there or not. That's kind of the – I feel like a big question mark on if their team makes the playoffs or not because if he's not there, that's a big spot to fill on the defensive end. I think they'll be okay without him, though. Like, yes, it's – yes, it – Obviously, they'd be better with him, but it's not like a a Rodgers situation where the Packers are night and day better than without Rodgers. The Pats aren't going to be night and day better without Gilmore. Gilmore is going to give him give him some more pass deflects, a couple more interceptions. It's going to basically keep I don't know a handful of touchdowns off the board less than if they don't have him, but. Yeah, I mean, having a guy like that on your defense is good no matter what. So whether they keep him or not, or if he goes somewhere else, um, yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a good acquisition no matter what. Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing that I have for football is uh, Chicago Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson um, basically said that he wasn't 100 percent disappointed that he got franchise tagged. He's going to make $17 million this season. He was hoping that they could come to a long-term agreement before the season started so that they wouldn't have to use the tag on him. But unfortunately it is what it is. And he said, basically I just show up to work and I, I hope that I'm going to get paid someday. Basically is what he said. He's 27. So he's looking for one more big contract. I feel like, this is a good move to do it. You know, when the money's down, if you have a great year this year, you could look to get paid big money at the end of the season if you stay healthy and do do well. So best of luck to him and uh, getting a good deal. Yeah, like he's at that perfect age. Where he's 27. Next year would be 28. If he can get himself a three- or four-year deal, play until he's 
31, 32, and then either hang it up or just do one year contracts and they're out until he decides he wants to walk away. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating when you don't get a long-term deal with a team you want to stay with, but at the same time, he's in the same boat along with 90% of the rest of the league. That's all on one year deals, franchise tags right now, waiting for that cap space to go back up next year. And I'm sure he'll get a payday next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's one of the up and coming receivers and it depends how, you know, who's their quarterback and how good their quarterbacks do this season. Uh, He could, he could have a big season if uh, Justin Fields is slinging the rock to him. I feel like he could take off um, and become solidified as one of the top wide receivers in the league. And then I did mess up. I do have one more thing on the NFL uh, it's been a while since we've mentioned someone fucking up, um, getting in trouble off the off the field or past when their career has been over. Um, former NFL and University of Wisconsin football player Thomas Burke has been accused of sexually assaulting a child. Uh, he's 44, Rice Lake, Wisconsin. He's held in St. Louis County Jail in Minnesota. He's been extradited there. Um, Played defensive end for the Arizona Cardinals from 1999 to 2002. He was inducted in the University of Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame last year. Uh, He played for the Badgers from 95 to 98, and he has a Big Ten record for most sacks in a single season, which still stands uh, 22. So, unfortunate. Hopefully, this isn't true, but if it is, um, hopefully you're punished to the full extent of the law. And, yeah, hopefully – this, this little child can uh, grow up to live a, a normal life. Yeah, it always sucks when stuff like that happens for both sides. I mean, um, yeah, it's been a while since somebody's fucked up that we've talked about. So I saw that. I, I forgot to jot that one down. But yeah, anyway, so jumping over to the NBA here then. Um, I guess get the pain out of the way right away. Bucks blow 17 point lead last night and drop game five to the Nets. 114 to 108. Kevin Durant drops 49 points and becomes the first player in the uh, NBA history to have a 45, 15, 10 stat line in the playoffs. Also played all 48 minutes last night. Only time he got rest was uh, timeouts and media timeout. So um, and it seemed like he kicked things in gear end of the third quarter and all the way through the fourth. Um, no matter who the, pa- the, I was going to say Packers, no matter who the Bucks had on him, um, they just couldn't stop him. They, they were double teaming him and, give, and having good looks through the first, really the first half and had him less than 20 points in the first half. And then the Bucks again, bad coaching, whatever it is, they just, instead of going double teams and isolations on good matchups and playing zone D they went one-on-one with him. And by the time it was too late, they couldn't adjust. And that was all she wrote at the end there. So um, yeah, I mean, court switches back to Milwaukee tomorrow night. So I, I definitely see the series going seven, going back into Brooklyn. Um, the Bucks are going to have to, equal what they did last night to have a chance in Brooklyn if it does go to game seven. Um, But they're going to have to stick to their game plan and keep doing what they're doing. For whatever reason, they're just sandbagged the second half. They had like a 13 or 14 point lead going into halftime, came out, 
put it up to a 17 point lead. And at that point, they never, the, the nets just chipped away. Um, and basically with, I think it was like five, six minutes left. Uh, the nets took the lead. It was a little bit of back and forth and the nets held it from there on out. So, yeah, I mean, Harden was back on the floor, though he didn't contribute much. He basically played the whole game as well, I think. Like, there, like 40-some minutes that he was on the court. He only had a handful of points. He did. He was like... I could have did what James Harden did last night. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you going to go 40 minutes on the court, though? Did, did you see him? He walked basically 90% of it. Yeah. Like, he really didn't do anything. I feel like, if anything, because he was asked... Um, like why he played and he said he woke up and felt like he had to play. And that that's just, I just feel like that's part of just the feeling of him being on the court. Um, that wavelength that him and Kevin Durant have as they've been in the league together uh, from OKC. I just feel like it gives Kevin just a little bit more of support, I guess, just the feeling of support where if something does, if I can't do it, I'll have you to help me type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it was last night. Uh, He got a lot of help, you know, green went off. He had 27 points. Um, It was very impressive to watch him. That was the best basketball performance I've ever seen in my life. Um, It was just incredible. Now the question is, can he do it again? Because he's going to have to do it again. Twice, if not, if, if not exactly, if not two more times, yeah, uh, just to get it done. And Giannis, defense player of the year, you look, you know, <laughs> you got to guard Kevin Durant. You got to take, you got to take the challenge one on one. When you saw him heating up, you should say, "I got him," instead of letting your team just get manhandled. And then after the game, saying, "Oh, he's the best player in the world. I hope he missed." I hope he misses. And it's just like, mm-hmm. why aren't you in his face making a miss? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, and then he's trying all these fadeaway shots and it's just like, take it to the rim. And then the one part that really irritated me was he had James Harden in a one-on-one later, like late in the game. Harden's basically playing on one leg and he chooses to do a fadeaway shot when he just could have went right at him and got the foul and the Bucks would have been tied the game. I think he fears the free throws and he's scared to take those chances to go for it because he knows he's going to be on the line. So he'd rather shy away from that and do something else, like try to make a shot instead of the and one. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like he disappears. Like not completely because he still put led the bucks of points and, and rebounds. The whole team played well outside of Pete Tucker, um, who had zero points, which, you know, over six, that doesn't help you. But, like, man, they got it. They... Coaching, I feel like, is the biggest thing. And we talked about this last night after the game was over. You don't go from dominating down low. You have the size that Brooklyn doesn't have. You have two huge guys in Lopez and Giannis down low. They only have one in Harris, and he's going to have to pick one. KD sure as hell ain't coming down there to to play defense down in the paint. That's not his style. And you have a height mismatch, and the Bucs went to that the whole first half up to the 17 point, and then all of a sudden they got back to shooting ridiculous three-pointers. Just 
no, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe they felt like they had the game and they just took their foot off the gas just for, a, you know, all it takes is they lost by six. So two shots, two three-pointers when the Nets were nailing those threes, they let it off for just too, you know, too, too long and couldn't catch back up. I mean, it's unfortunate to see, but yeah, hell of a performance KD. And then I don't know if you want to get into it. Did you uh, get the LeBron quote about what he said? about? Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I saw what he said about appreciate greatness while you got it and stuff like that, but I didn't. Oh, I was talking today about like um, players being hurt. Oh no! Playoffs, yeah. This is the first time in the NF- or in the history of the NBA. Um, there's nine All Stars that are out of the the playoffs. This is the first first time ever. And LeBron basically said, "I want to try to find it. I thought I screenshot it. All right here." Um, he goes, "This is all quoting LeBron because I'll just quote it. I'll just read it quick." They didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which is ultimately the product and the benefit of our game. These injuries aren't just part of the game. It's a lack of pure rest, rest before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine all-stars have missed playoff games, most in league history. This is the best time of the league, or this is the best time of the year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players, it's insane. If there's one person that knows about taking care of the body and how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of all of our players, and I hate to see this many injuries this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all of your favorite players right now. And that's just a shot. Um, Basically, and that's exactly what's happening. I feel like maybe they did come back a little too soon. And whoever wins the title this year, it's going to be who, who was able to stay healthiest the longest basically at this point um, every team's had their injuries and woes this season. And basically it's going to be who's the healthiest at the end is mm-hmm. what it seems like here. And sons are losing Paul, you know, Clippers are losing Kawhi. I mean, this playoffs is turning into <laughs> in kind of like a ruckus here. You know, the jazz are missing Conley. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, it like, with the whole injury thing, it sucks that it's happening. And again, it all comes back to not having a true off season, trying to basically go back to back um, seasons of the finals ending. And then a month or two later, starting the season back up. So, I mean, they're, they're back at the back on the right schedule. Otherwise they would never have got back to it. So at least next year they should be back. I mean, NBA finals are going to be happening here shortly um, about the same time as they usually do. Usually they're about wrapped up right now. So they're only a couple weeks off, but then they should get the season back underway come October and have a normal season again. So um, yeah, it sucks the last year, last year, last two years, kind of how things have went down. But um, I mean, hopefully they learn from it in some way to make sure that these players are getting the correct off season to be able to rest. Yeah, that's just all I think it is, too. It's just they just need to figure out how much time they need. And I feel like maybe that extra two weeks, maybe that was, you know, is that the difference? We shall see. Yeah. Um, And a couple other points. Well, I guess 
reiterating back to what you said about Chris Paul being out indefinitely. Uh, he's in COVID protocol. He's going to be out six to 14 days, depending on testing and tracing, how that whole thing goes. Again, he is vaccinated, so he does that ha- have that on his side. Um, as, as opposed to being unvaccinated to where he'd be basically slated for that 14 to 17 day mark before he'd come back. So um, potentially going to be out for game one of the finals. He could be out or of the Western conference finals. He could be out the first couple games. It all really depends. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. It kind of sucks that he's going to be out, but at the same time, he did have that shoulder injury earlier in the playoffs um, against the, uh, the Lakers. So Maybe this is a blessing in disguise and it gives him time to fully come back and heal from that if he's not already full, fully back from it. Um, I mean, from his last outing, when they swept the Nuggets, he looked completely fine, but also you don't know what's going on inside if he's just gritting his teeth and fighting through the pain the whole time. But And then um, two games going on tonight. Um, uh Kind of, again, uh, throwing a wrench into things. We thought that the 76ers and get and Jazz were going to take a 3-1 series lead in both of these. Uh, the Hawks and Clippers both got it done game four, so the series is tied 2-2 for both of those. Um, the games are in Philly and Utah tonight, so um, both of the higher-seeded teams there will try to look to – take three to advantage again the Clippers are without Kawhi um I think the Clippers are done they basically they've basically been barely sticking with it this far into the playoffs again barely beating the Mavs um sneaking out a couple games against the Jazz and then you lose a guy like Kawhi um I don't know if if they get blown out tonight in Utah it's probably going to be over in six um for them and then Kind of on the flip side, Ice Trey has got to show up again tonight if the Hawks are going to have a chance to keep it, keep up with the 76ers. So we'll see what happens there with those two series. Um, again, we expected the 76ers and Jazz to run away with the, both of those series, and Hawks and Clippers have stuck with them. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah, the Jazz have the best home record in basketball. They were like 34, 35, and one this season. Um, if Clippers have to steal tonight, they got to get buckets from everyone. They got to come together as a team and win without Kawhi. Um, but yeah, I don't, if the Clippers don't win tonight, I don't see them. Even if they win game six, I don't see them winning game seven. I don't see them stealing two in Utah against the best team in basketball this season, record wise and home record wise that fan base, that arena goes wild. Um, that's a tough place to play. And yeah, I'm not looking good for the Clippers, but like you said, if they steal tonight, then they got a shot. Yeah. Um, any other NBA points to throw out there? No, that's it. All right. I'm going to switch over to the MLB here. Uh, the Brewers, uh, they get swept uh, the last three games against the Reds. They had a two, one final today. Um, they only sit a half game back from first in the NL Central still, so they're still right there. Um, they start a weekend series tomorrow with the Rockies in Denver. Uh, the Padres, who have been a hot team, have lost eight of their last 10 games. Um, against their, I think they were playing the Rockies. They had a, a series against them, and they were finishing up this afternoon as well. 
Um, seeing what the final was on that one. Um, oh, top of the ninth, seven to seven, tied on that one. So, so it could go either way. But yeah, the Padres have been struggling as of late. Again, still right there in the NL West with the Giants and Dodgers. But again, the Giants and Dodgers get hot. Well, any of those two, if two teams get hot and your team's struggling, they're going to run away with it and you're going to struggle to catch back up. Um, and then the Diamondbacks, they have lost 21 straight road games and they blew a seven run lead in San Francisco yesterday against the Giants. So Diamondbacks are one of those teams that really can't get anything to go their way this year. And then the last point to mention, uh, the MLB is officially cracking down on pitchers being caught using foreign substances on balls. Um, I mean, they kind of had an eye on it for really years now, but now they're kind of putting some stuff in place to scare the players a little more and try to get them not to use it. Um, starting next Monday, pitchers will be ejected if caught with it and suspended for 10 games. So that's kind of with pay. Oh, with pay. Well, that's fucking stupid. Then. I know. <laughs> I saw that when, when I read that, I was like, like the headline made it seem good. And then I clicked on it and read it. And then, yeah, they get paid the first, the first time they get paid after that, then they start taking their money away. So it's like, you can do it up until you get caught. Yeah. Basically. Well, that's dumb. I mean, either way, it's still nice that they're kind of putting stuff in place and cracking down on it more, but at the same time, like go all in on it. Like you're, you're still going to have guys doing it. If you're basically giving them a slap on the wrist. Cause I mean, 10 games is nothing, not, not a lot. Cause you're only missing. Unless it's games that you were scheduled to start as a pitcher. Then that could be detrimental. Then, yeah. Then you're going to be out. You could be out 30, 30, 40 games. Yeah, I uh, I guess I don't know how they're doing it, but yeah, if it's just ten scheduled games for the team, you're only missing one or two starts. Then yeah, you're missing like a week and a half, probably two weeks. Where if it's ten starts that you're supposed to start, that yeah, that's every like five days, so that's fifty days. Yeah, month and a half. Yeah, that I mean, but you get paid the whole time too, so that part doesn't make sense. I feel like if, if they're going to keep it that way, obviously that's just the way that it came out now is that it's with pay. Obviously that stuff could change, but like if it doesn't, I feel like strike two should be a severe extreme punishment. If you are getting pay for that first strike, mm-hmm. like one should be 10 games. Two should be like 80 game. It should be half, 80 games, no pay half the season gone. Yeah. Or started administering fines, but at the same time, baseball players are, some of the most wealthy professional athletes. So you'd have to make those some pretty hefty fines if you actually want to make a difference with that. But yeah, that's all that's going on over in the MLB. Yeah. Then I'm just going to jump into uh, hockey real quick here. Jason Spezza, Toronto Maple Leaf, one of the older guys in the league. He re-signs on a one-year deal looking to come back, signs the NHL minimum, hoping that Toronto Maple Leafs don't see an early exit in round one come next season. So that's going to be interesting. And then uh, game last night, Tampa takes down the Islanders 4-2 to in game two. Um, it was an interesting game. There were two goals that were scored when both teams had six players on the ice. That was interesting to see how there was no – um, extra man called, but two goals were both called and allowed. So 
NHL refs are slipping a little bit here. Granted, it happens in the game when it's so fast and whatnot, if people don't see it, it's just part of the game, which both coaches stated afterwards how he was happy that they didn't get the power play. Like, he was happy that both they fucked up twice and it evened itself out, and that's just the way that it works in the NHL. So no real hate from there. Uh, teams are battling on the ice. Things are getting chippy. There were like three fights that were trying to take place. The refs got in between, separated them. I believe two ended up happening last night. But uh, yeah, this season, the series is heating up as they're heading back to Long Island uh, at the Nassau Coliseum. It's going to be interesting to see what Tampa brings because that barn is going to be rocking and they're going to be ready. So that should be fun to watch uh, this weekend. And then tonight you have game two, Montreal, Vegas Golden Knights. Montreal needs this one. Um, but what is pretty cool is this uh, the Providence of Montreal, Quebec, I should say. The Providence of Quebec has opened full stadiums for the Montreal Canadiens when they go back home. That was early reports that I read. So I, if it was a lie, I'm sorry. And I apologize to the people, but that's what I read, is that they made an exception so that they can have a full barn like Vegas has to even the atmosphere of fans because there's only 3000 fans allowed um, from Montreal into Vegas stadium. And you have like 18,000 Vegas fans. You're outnumbered pretty heavy. So they're hoping that they get that advantage with the crowd back home. So that's kind of awesome that they did that on the fly. I hope that's true. Um, I'd love to see them have a full barn as they're the hockey Mecca of Canada. Uh, That's Quebec original six. So, it's pretty cool there, and that's really all I got um, in the NHL. Cole Caulfield scored uh, game one. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. Other than that, yeah, that's all. That's all I got for hockey here. I did have one thing on golf. Um, green books are being banned going forward, so players are no longer able to carry the green books that they have in their pocket, which tells them the direction of the. Uh, elevation and all that of the greens rory mcelroy is the one of these yep (laughs) one of those one of the presidents of like the players for the pga and basically his whole staff was upset that he would have to learn how to like reput and stuff too but also it's a skill to learn how to read a green with your eye with your own eyes and learn which way the ball curves all that stuff Um, You'll still be able to in your practice rounds, you'll still be able to have a booklet. Um, If you want to take your own notes on like which way the ball is going to move on certain parts yourself, if you want to go out there and hit 50 putts from all different angles, just so you can see which way it moves, you are allowed to do that. But yeah, no longer are you able to purchase the green books uh, for these courses. So that's going to be very interesting. And I feel like that's going to be really cool going forward here. Um, some of these guys who are master putters from using that green book might have some trouble now. So you're really going to get to see who the best putters are now without using that extra um, information. I wouldn't say advantage, but it's just a little extra information. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Well then that kind of wraps things up today here again, um, as I mentioned on Monday's episode, the Madden cover is going to be released tomorrow morning. So on Friday's episode, we'll, we'll be diving into that. 
And then also we have a bonus episode coming out for you guys next week. Yesterday we did an interview. Um, we're affiliated with the stadium scene uh, sports network. They have basically a, a network of other podcasts. They have their own podcasts as well that, that they do. Um, feel free to go check us out on there as well as some the other podcasts they do. Um, again, at Stadium Scene TV, I think is the actual name of their website. Um, yeah, we sat down with DJ yesterday, kind of did a get to know us episode, diving into a couple points on basically what we're about and stuff like that. Um, and we'll be be releasing that next Thursday. Um, they're releasing their their side of things next Wednesday, so we're gonna wait to release it on our end until they release it as well. So. Um, yeah, be looking out for that next week. Yeah, and then a piece of breaking news here. The New York Rangers have officially hired Gerard Gallant as the 36th coach in team history. So congratulations to New York Rangers. Uh, hopefully he turns out you guys have a lot of young guys on your team who could be very, very good. So let's see what you can do with them. And, yeah, shout out New York. That's a great, that's a great hire. For sure. And then, yeah, I mean, big event coming up next month. Uh, you got McGregor Poirier 3. That should be interesting to see. That's July 10th. Um, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of the big one coming up here. Um, World Cup will be getting underway soon. All these qualifiers are, are coming to an end here. So that'll be fun to watch. And then you also have the Olympics next month. Um, Next month is going to be pretty crazy. We're going to have the finals, Stanley Cup finals, NBA finals, the Olympics. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long month. Yeah. And then right as soon as it ends, then the NFL starts back up. Yeah, pretty close. So, yeah. But, yeah, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. Um, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Go to our YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, facebook um you can also go to google type in in a league of their own podcast you should be able to find us that way don't forget to stop by our merch um stop by get a sticker mug hurt or shirt and a hat i don't know why i said hurt um <laughs> yeah you can get out one of those and rock in a league of their own help spread the word share share the logo and uh yeah we will be back on friday um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere affiliated with that. Don't forget to click the five stars and you can put any reason you want to. Um, helps drive us up the charts for whatever reason. That's just the algorithm that they use. So we really appreciate everybody and anybody doing that. And yeah, we hope everybody has a great hump day and we will be back on Friday. See you guys on Friday. <laughs>